1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.8 of the zone. Time for What's Going On? here on The Big Show, what's going on across the Zone Sports Network. Uh, We check in with other shows, and sometimes we play clips. And today, Gordon, we're going to replay a whole interview, uh, or at least most of it. Uh, The lieutenant governor of the state of Utah was on the uh, station today, Spencer Cox. He's also kind of uh, been spearheading uh, the reaction from the state uh, in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. And, uh, of course, uh, numbers have been spiking recently, Gordon, and I, I, uh, I, I was glad the lieutenant governor had a chance to come on the station and kind of talk us through what's going on
2: yeah let's uh let's give it a listen jake and hear what uh what uh mr cox has to say
1: all right let's do it
3: joining us now lieutenant governor of the great state of utah on the sprint special
0: guest line it is spencer cox spencer how are you Hey, guys, don't tempt me. After the last three months, um, your jobs are looking much better.
4: Right <laughs> <laughs> hey, I-, I wanted to start with that, LG. How, how difficult are things right now with the, the climate? That feels so volatile.
0: Yeah, it's, it's you know it's it's just tough. I, I mean, we you know we start out with this unprecedented uh, health crisis, and, and of course the economic crisis that comes along with that, and uh, and then you throw in an earthquake, and then the, the social unrest that that people are feeling and experiencing right now, and 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 look, it's it's hard for everybody. It, it's a it's a tough time, but Utah is a special place, and uh, I, I really believe that things happen for a reason, and that we're going to come out better on the other side.
3: Spencer Cox, the lieutenant governor of the state of Utah. Kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Jazz in regards to that social unrest. And Donovan Mitchell, uh, with his, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, receives a certain level of, of, of interesting comments coming back at him, which, and frankly, in, in my opinion, some of them were just flat-out disgusting. When you saw some of those responses, what went through your mind?
0: well it look it, it breaks my heart and, and but at the same time, I think it proves the point right I, I mean that we 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 like to think or, or like to imagine that yeah, this is stuff that happened forty years ago we're we're over this we're a different place um, we're better than this and and while we we've certainly made some strides, uh, you see those types of comments and uh and and you you hear that kind of feedback and, and it makes everything that Donovan is saying real i, I mean you know it, it is out there. Uh, you, the stuff that happened to Bubba Wallace, right, with the um, with the noose that was that was put in his locker. Um, and it, I, you know, I, it just, it, it's awful, it's ugly, there's no place for it, but we, we can't just ignore it and pretend it's not there. And, and that, that takes all of us. Um, I, I've had an opportunity over the past several weeks, I, I'm the head of the Multicultural Commission, so this is stuff I've been working on for, for the last seven years, but it was always kind of more on paper and- and, and the last you know the last month it's 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 so much more raw than that. And I, I've been sitting down at Kenny Akers, who I know you guys saw on on the news. He was the guy protecting um, the, uh, the the Seven Eleven when it was being looted in Salt Lake, and telling people this is not the right way. You know, sitting down with guys like that and and having these conversations. And what I hear from Black men all the time is that they're tired. They're they're tired of of this burden and carrying it. And it's time for us to step up and carry that burden for them. And uh, and and we can. Do better, and I'm just glad we have somebody like Donovan who's uh, who's speaking out.
4: And I, I agree with that. And I, I've gotten to know Kenny a little bit back and forth, and some exchange on direct messaging. And seems like an amazing man and a guy that is worth all of us standing up for and doing what we can. And you know, I I, uh, I was talking to Scotty about this because you you brought up a few things with the earthquake and the pandemic and the social unrest. When you guys are sitting down and around a table, how do you even focus on and what are you primarily focusing on to try to get situated right now? Is it, is it more COVID? Is it more social unrest? And how, do, how does that meeting go and that management of topics go right now?
0: well I can tell you having having been at, at this level for seven years um, the, the, the last few weeks uh, we, you know we've never had meetings quite like this and um, it, it's really all of the above and we have great people that are that are working on these things and obviously when when case counts were low you know there was more of a focus on the the protesting and the and the, the rioting and, and distinguishing between those two and how to how to manage that situation and, and how to make things better you know what what changes do we need to, to have happen and, and who, who, uh, you know, who should we be listening to? Who are the voices that that need to be amplified in, in positive ways? Um, of course, with what we're seeing with the, the coronavirus cases and, and the increases, um, that 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 has our attention. You know, we're we're concerned about that, and we're we're watching very closely. The case counts are concerning. We knew case counts would go up, so that's not you know that's not necessarily out of the line from what we're expecting. But it's the hospitalizations that we're watching, and um, we uh, we're worried about the. Trend that we're seeing right now, and what can be done to, uh, to, to slow that down uh, without you know killing people 's livelihoods and and you know trying to help people uh, do things a little differently for for a period of time, like wearing masks, uh, it, which unfortunately in this environment, everything is political um, you know it doesn 't matter what it is we, we choose up sides you know it 's like the playground where you pick shirts and skins and and then it, it, we, we all and then we just fight and, and it 's so dumb. We don't have shared backs anymore. We don't have this shared sense of we do better in Utah than, than the rest of the nation. But this stuff shouldn't be partisan. It shouldn't be political. Mask wearing should not be partisan. Getting rid of racism should not be partisan. These are things that we should all be in on and working together. And, and I'm, I'm glad there are good people stepping up.
3: I remember when this thing broke and we had you on the air, we talked about the stat sheet. And what are the first things you look at when you get a daily report on COVID-19? Is it now hospitalizations?
0: Is that the the, the thing you're looking at the most? Yep, that's that's the one, uh, for, for sure. And, and, and I would break that down into two pieces. Um, so it's hospitalizations and then it's ICU uh, hospitalizations. And The problem with the coronavirus in all of this is that there's a lag. You know, usually in life you make a decision and then you measure what happens and you can adjust, right? Well, the the problem with this is you make a decision and and you don't know the the end result of that decision because it takes up to two weeks once somebody has the virus. It takes up to two weeks for them to to manifest that and get tested. Then on average it takes another seven days for those that are going to be hospitalized to, to, to be hospitalized. And then it's another seven days after that. Before you find out if they get admitted to the ICU, so it's you know it can take a month before you know what you know what's really happening out there, and uh, that that's just made it tricky for uh, for everyone to uh, to try to figure out, and uh, and the, the good news for people in the state of Utah is that our our mortality rates are still one of the lowest in the nation, um, our hospitalization rates are still low, but but if you if you overwhelm your healthcare system, those numbers will change in a serious way, and. Uh, not That's why we we really all have to take this still very seriously.
4: Yesterday, uh, there was some back and forth with Dr. Dunn. And obviously, Governor Herbert at that time comes out and says, we will work to stem this tide. But I have no plans to shut down Utah's economy. I'm curious, LG, I actually just ran a, a poll to our listeners. And I asked, do you wear a mask in public? And I and I've got four options. Nope, I refuse. Yes, always. I try my absolute best and only when mandatory. And right now, 29 percent are saying only when mandatory and 4 percent are saying, nope, I refuse. Is there is there some type of plan maybe in place where we enforce mask wearing or will it always remain an option?
0: Well, we would, you know, ideally we would love it to remain an option. I mean, that's that's when we're at our best, when everyone's pulling together and, and doing their thing. Um, the, the problem with masking is that the experts really screwed up on this early on, and once you screw up, it's hard to get trust back. So you'll, you'll remember back in, in in March and April, uh, the the experts were saying, you know, don't wear masks; they don't make a difference, um, which is which is absolutely wrong. Uh, that that would be more true of a flu-like virus, but with the Coronavirus, as, as airborne as this virus is, um, the, the new data is showing uh, just, and it really isn't controversial that, that mask wearing is the best thing we can do uh, to slow the spread of this uh, this virus. Now we have, there has been a couple states, California has uh, has mandated it, um, and so we're, you know, these are the conversations that are happening. What can we do to encourage more people to do it? The uh, the medical experts are saying you actually don't even need a hundred percent if we could get to north of 60% mask wearing, we could actually bring the rate of transmission below one, uh, one to one, which is good. That means that, you know, you're getting fewer cases instead of more cases. So it's, it's not that big of a number. And it's, it's a pretty small thing to do uh, to, to make that happen. But, but I, I see, see it, you know, I mean, I know we're never going to convince the 4% that say never, um, and, and that's fine. We really don't have to. But for the rest of us, uh, if we could just do this more often, And especially when we're in public, I I was very encouraged. I just got back from a funeral today. It was held outside, and uh, there was about uh, 80 percent mask wearing, which is the most I've seen. Um, Three weeks ago, I went to a a similar funeral here in small town of Fairview, a very similar demographics, and there were only like five of us wearing masks. So I'm hoping that that's really starting to pick up and that we're getting people's attention. Um, I I do think, you know, what what the the media played out between – uh, the governor and the state epidemiologist—it's overblown uh, as, as those things usually are. Um, you know, they're they're on the same page. This was a, a, a memo just outlining some of the uh, some of the possibilities and what the trends that are happening out there. Um, and and you know, we, we never shut down the economy, even when this began. Completely shut it down. So that that's not on the table. But if there are simple things we can do to make a difference and keep the economy going, and by the way, uh, the best economy in the nation right now. Um, we had the, the, the fewest job losses per capita in both April and May, and uh, the second lowest unemployment rate in the nation. Um, so it's, it's hard, it's bad, but we're, we're trending in the right direction. But we just don't want to see a big setback. And if we could all just do a little bit, we could, we could stop that.
3: Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, when you talk about, you know, the experts and kind of the early part of masks or no masks and then trying to regain that trust. Just from your perspective, I got to imagine the amount that you knew before, the amount you knew in April and then May and June. I, it, I can't imagine how difficult this has been to try to learn on the fly with this thing and i don't really throw those guys under the bus because frankly nobody knew what was going on at the time and it's just kind of a difficult situation to try to
0: navigate yeah there's no i read gosh i read at least two or three uh scientific studies a day you know i that's i've never done that we're, we're all epidemiologists now Um, we are learning a lot about it and and it's true we do know so much more now than we knew back then and and that's going to continue i mean by you know by august we'll know a lot more than we know right now and so we what what this really takes um is it takes a lot of patience um it takes a lot of trust uh and it takes we, we have to give people the benefit of the doubt um those are all things that are in short supply in 2020 <laughs> with our with our social media culture, um, with the uh, you know the toxic nature, the the the, the tribalism that we're seeing. The, the one thing we don't have a lot of in 2020 is patience and goodwill and uh, and and understanding and willingness to forgive and and change and and be better. And, and yet those are the very qualities that are going to get us through this. And so, um, I again, I, I, I'm just so grateful to live in a state where we do have so many people with those qualities that really do care about each other and, uh, and try to do the right thing um, no matter what, what is happening out there. And I, I, I believe if we continue to give good information and, uh, and help people understand why this stuff matters and how it can make a difference, that, that people will, will really respond uh, in, in the right way.
4: You know, Lieutenant Governor, one of the things that you cannot get away from right now is watching monument defacement or uh, statue or uh, monument toppling. Where where do you stand on that, um, the defacement of the Brigham Young statue or the the toppling of of multiple statues that we're seeing in in the United States right now?
0: So, so, you know, um, this is... uh, this moment that we're having right now, I, I think is is so important for us to, to really look and re-examine ourselves, to really look inside ourselves and, uh, and look for that, you know, the, the whole idea of implicit bias is that we, we don't realize we have it. And, uh, and, and that when you get close to someone who's different than you and you start to see the world through their eyes, you get a deeper understanding. You know, I, I will never know what it's like, you know, I, I told Kenny this, I will never know what it's like to be a black man in, in America, in, in Utah, but what I can do is get close to people who who have experienced those things, and, and that includes looking back at, at our history and trying to understand where we've made mistakes. Now, like everything, um, uh, something that's good can be taken too far uh, to, to the point where it becomes not good. And, and the question I always ask is, what what is it that we're celebrating with this with this statue and this? Person, um, I, I do think it's a mistake to judge history through modernize, uh, because we we are very different, and and we become more enlightened as time moves on. Um, um, but, but again the question is what what are we celebrating um, do, if' we're, if we're celebrating the mistakes that and the, the, the and evil then that's a problem and and, and so when it comes to Confederate statutes and, and those types of things um, you know there was nothing positive about this this wasn't about states rights this was this was about slavery at a time when people knew slavery was wrong and and, and the truth is most of those statues were were, were erected to raise uh, to, to really demean uh, in, in post, you know, post-Civil War, in the Reconstruction era, was to try to put black people in their place. And so I have, I have no problem with those Confederate statues and the celebration of that, that culture being removed. But when it comes to other things, you know, the founding fathers, um, Brigham Young, who, yes, they, they had their faults, but we're not celebrating their faults. We're, we're celebrating the amazing things that they did. And, and regardless of your religion or, or what you believe, um, what Brigham Young did to lead a people across this country and settle a place that, that um, was, uh, you, you know, was, was most people thought was, was fairly uninhabitable, um, at least in large populations... Uh, that, that is something that we need to, that's a historic moment that we need to recognize and celebrate. Um, we, we, we also have to be honest about the flaws, but but that doesn't mean we tear down what is good and what has made us. And so I, I think we have to be cautious with these things, not to uh, not to overcorrect in a way that, uh, that does more damage.
3: When July 31st rolls around and you and the family can sit in front of a TV and watch a Utah Jazz game, Uh, How good is that not only for your family but a community overall to bring sports back?
0: Oh, well, look, I, I mean, I, I know sometimes we sports plays an outsized role in, in who we are and in our culture, and we probably celebrate the wrong things too much. But if we ever needed it, I, I, now's the time we, we need it. Um, we, we, you know, part. Of, now, now I will say this. I think one of the reasons this moment that we're having right now, this conversation about race, one of the reasons it's lasting so long and is actually making some headway in positive ways is because we don't have as many distractions right we can't it's not just 24 hours later we're on to the next thing we really have to deal with this and so i think that that's been positive but we we desperately need something to share to bring us back together and sports has a magical way of doing that it, it does that in our families it does that in our communities it's something to rally around and uh, it can't come back soon enough I'm, I'm just so excited to get 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 our guys back on the court and uh, and it's been a rough off season for the jazz i mean from from the jump with the coronavirus you know it was it was it was Rudy and and Donovan and then the issues that that happened there and and uh, and and all of the turmoil that we've seen Um, a a lot of things can be fixed by getting back on the court and uh, I I can't wait
4: you know LG Scotty and I we deal with some level of criticism and, and return from from listeners or individuals that disagree with maybe our sports opinion And I always think about our politicians and and people I hold in high regard, people like yourself. And I I wonder what it's like as a politician to take those criticisms that are such a, a higher level where, you know, people are trying to pin COVID deaths on the president or people are trying to, you know, attack and really destroy the name and reputations of individuals. I'm just curious, how do you deal with that criticism? How do you deal with that level of of possible pain or disappointment that are coming from people?
0: Well, you know, I, I probably don't deal with it as, <clears throat> as well as I should. Uh, it, it, it's hard. I, you know, I'll be honest. I, I could give you the answer I'm supposed to give, and it's, uh, you know, we have thick skin, and it, it's part of leadership, and all, and all of those things are true. Uh, but it, it, it sucks. I, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you do the very best you can, and you do it for the right reasons. And, and I get it. Not, not every politician does it for the right reasons. Um, and, and certainly there's plenty to criticize in politics, and I, I'm, not, I, I'm not saying otherwise. But, you know, what, what social media has done is it's given people a wall to hide behind. Um, a lot of people do it anonymously. Um, they assume that, that I don't see this stuff. You know, I, I do my own social media. Uh, so, so I do see it. And, uh, you know, I try not to read all the comments all the time. Uh, but politics has become a religion in our country. And that's that's dangerous because when politics becomes your religion, then anybody who doesn't belong to your religion is, you know, is evil or a hero. And we, we attack them as, as such. Um, and so it, it gets it gets harder. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, you know, after after the past three months, it's uh, uh, for, for my family. You know, they it takes a toll on them. My, my kids are, you know, my 21, uh, 19, 17 and, and 13. And, you know, this stuff, you, you try to shield them from it a little bit, but it, it seeps through. And and so I, you know, look, I, I again, I'm not I, I I deserve criticism. We make mistakes. But there's a right way to criticize and a wrong way to do it, and uh, you, you guys see it all the time. And so I just, you know, I would appeal to the better angels of, of, of our people out there um, to elevate the political discourse. We've uh, we worked really hard to run uh, to, to run on a positive note um, and, and to just put forward our best. And look, if people don't like us, that's great. That's the cool thing about our system. That's the the magic of this ex- grand experiment we embarked on. Two hundred and four. 40 years ago this concept that 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 uh, our leaders do not have the power inherently the power resides in the people and every two years or four years or six years they have to come back and ask us for that and if we don't like them if there's somebody else then let's let's get that other person you know I have no problem with that whatsoever uh, but but let's you know let's again do it in the right way and uh, I, I think we we do that better here in Utah but we're certainly seeing some slippage uh, as we become more like the, the national discourse and it's something that concerns me and I think should concern everyone.
1: Alright, that was Lieutenant Governor of the State of Utah Spencer Cox who was uh, on the show, just uh, because these are the rules when it comes to broadcasting, so everybody knows we did reach out to other gubernatorial candidates to give them access, so maybe we'll, we'll have others on the station as time goes by, who knows.
2: Uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good topics covered there. I, I guess um, one question I have is if uh, if Spencer Cox is elected as governor, will Hans have to call him just G instead of LG? Yeah,
1: it's, Hans was familiar. I don't know. Maybe they're BFFs. I have no idea. He,
2: he kept saying LG. He did. LG,
1: and I thought, well, what if he's governor? Is he then G? Just G? G Cox? I don't know have to ask Hans that one. Not sure. Spencer
2: Cox is an eminently likable fellow. I mean, he's just – have you ever had a chance to talk with him?
1: I have. I have.
2: I mean, I like John Huntsman, too, and, and the others I, I've talked to maybe once or something and bumping into him, whatever. But uh, they're, they're, they're nice guys. Now, you can decide about their politics. That's the beauty of our democracy, Right.
1: Yeah, I suppose so. That's that's the idea. But he does.
2: Vote. have a, Everybody get out there and vote.
1: He does have a prominent role in the state's um, uh, policy when it comes to coronavirus. Uh, and uh, so it was it was good to to hear his perspective because his perspective matters in this particular arena. Yes, it does. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the talk of social injustice as well. I think it's important uh, that we know uh, our politicians stance on these sorts of things before we cast that all important vote.
2: Yep, no doubt about that. Educate and then vote according to your uh, your opinion. Yep. Uh, that's the beautiful thing about
1: where we live. You can vote. All right, we'll get to the Novak Djokovic saga coming oh up next. Stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. But right now it's time for a bas- back-to-basketball update.
0: Ah! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: All right, Gordon, today was a big day uh, because the NBA and the NBA Players Association have finalized terms of the revised CBA for the Orlando restart. And basically all items that we found out about last week uh, were indeed agreed upon. Here's a a new bit of information that will make Donovan Mitchell happy, I'm sure. NBA and NBAPA agreed to put into place an enhanced insurance plan for players in Orlando that would cover career-ending injuries related to COVID-19 or conventional basketball injuries, potential group policy would cover players for several million dollars. I understood Donovan's concern, and I'm glad they put that insurance policy in there, Gordon. I wonder what that costs. Oh, there's no way it's cheap. <laughs> there's no way it's cheap. I mean, but, but you know, the point where the NBA is is thinking about its players in order to pull this off, I think that's a, a, a pretty big gesture, actually. So
2: how much are they insured for?
1: Just said several million dollars. Uh,
2: That doesn't uh, really stack up all that well against, uh, say, 150
1: million, does it? It's also a lot better, however, than zero million, which is what they'd get (laughs) if they had a career-ending injury. So uh, I actually I I think that's a a good thing. And one more news uh, bit of news: No, uh, Nikola Jokic has tested positive for the coronavirus in Serbia, and his return to the United States is uh, now temporarily delayed. And there is another back to basketball. Update brought to you by our friends at Science Bank. On a total request Tuesday, your favorite small town songs. You can tweet us at Jake Scott Zone, at Austin Horton, at Gordon Monson. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business, telecom, and IT solutions, backed by an industry leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Big show. Let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, the uh, a day in the life of Novak Djokovic today, Gordon. The no. uh, the dominant tennis player, his incredible talent. Uh, sometimes comes off as a tad unlikable, and uh, this story is is probably not going to help that. But let's do a little. <laughs> Let's do a, a, a little review of, of Novak's behavior uh, during the, the pandemic, Gordon. He's, uh, he's sent out opinions, basically, that uh, even if there were a vaccination for COVID-19, he would not take it. He's been a little bit uh, flippant about the seriousness of the situation in a lot of the opinions that he's put out there. He criticized the U.S. Open and said that he uh, would consider not showing up if the situation were too restrictive. Not too lax, but too restrictive. And actually, Gordon put together a tennis tournament Uh, as kind of a a middle finger to uh, people who who might have a different opinion on this situation than him. The tennis tournament included a big after-competition party with a lot of shirtless dancing and uh, what uh, would not appear to be a a lot of social distancing. They even played basketball uh, in their off-time, Gordon. And uh, after one of the players... Uh, tested positive Grigor Dimitrov tested positive even though Novak was playing basketball with Grigor at the, uh, at the tennis tournament. Novak refused to get tested even though the rest of the tournament had to. He flew back uh, to Serbia and uh, when he was eventually tested, it, re- it was revealed today, lo and behold, Novak Djokovic has tested positive for the coronavirus. He and his wife both.
2: And his response essentially was, "Oops, we were wrong."
1: That, in a sense, yeah, I was a little more wordy than that, but I think he probably summed it up uh, uh, nicely there.
2: I don't understand that attitude. You know, you got a worldwide pandemic; you got hundreds of thousands of people dying. I, I, I just that I don't, uh, I don't understand why somebody would think that way. And now now he's got it. Hopefully he'll be healthy uh, through this process or it won't uh, won't uh, hurt him severely. But certainly that no matter what your age is, there is a possibility for
1: that. True. And I think that there are uh, various people have various levels of concern. Right. You know, like it or not, that's that's to be expected. the, The thumb your nose at it part of this is is what sets it up, just makes it ripe for irony. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yes. just irony because you, you, you've you thumbed your nose at it so much. I think uh, uh, the time has passed where we can deny that this thing exists or I, it's funny to think that people were calling it a hoax months ago. I mean, I think the the situation is pretty, pretty, you know, apparent uh, what we're in the middle of. And I, I feel bad for, you know, you read stories online of, of folks that, uh, you know, Got it at the store. Or been really, really careful, and, and somehow circumstance—you know—it turns out that they get it. I feel terrible for those those folks, but and and really anybody who gets this, I guess. But to be so so flippant about it, and so uh, you know, in your face about it, and then to actually come down with it—it's just—I hmm. don't know. We yeah. should have we should have <laughs> seen it coming. How about that? Yes, exactly. We should have seen this coming. Yeah, but, uh, and uh, I don't know. It's. You never want to say good. I'm glad he had it or has it. I'm I'm never you know going to say that, and I don't believe that now. But it's you like just you look at it and you go, well, yeah, you you, you probably should have seen that coming.
2: And uh, the thing I worry about, not just the individuals who come down with it, it's uh, them sharing of the virus to other people with other people. It it uh, that's you may make it through okay, but what about the people around you? You
1: know. Well, and, and that's the great fear. And I guess that's why I brought up the, the people who behave responsibly and still still get it, because I feel right. just dreadful for those people. Can you imagine the guilt if you pass it along uh, to your family? You know, that's that's just horrible. And, and you know, <laughs> everybody's vulnerable to it, right? And to, to just kind of thumb your nose at the whole situation, uh, regardless of your level of comfortability, is... Is well. Let me put it this way, Gordon. We were we were talking about masks off the air uh, earlier today, and. And listen, my my comfortability with it doesn't matter. I'm thinking about other people. That's why I right. I wear masks when I go out. You know, hopefully it does something to prevent me from getting it. Of course, but really the point is is to send a message to everybody else. You know, hey, I I, I care about your well well being. I'm willing to make this small sacrifice in my life to to help the common good. You know, that's. So to to completely go the opposite end of that is then saying, like, not only am I going to show that I don't care uh, about the well-being of others, I'm going to be super vocal about it. I I find that irritating.
2: I don't care about uh, my own situation and I certainly don't care about anybody else. I don't understand it, Jake. I I don't. That makes no sense to me why people would be so well, the word of the week, cavalier with uh with their behavior about this kind of thing when when other people can get hurt by it I if we heard spencer cox say there during his interview with uh, scotty Hans that that uh, mask wearing is has been proven to be extremely helpful if everybody wears it and so let's do it let's do it so we can beat this thing why not? What is the big? I know this is an impossible question for you to answer, but I always ask you impossible questions, Jake. Why Why are people so resistant to do that? If it's If it's for the greater good, like you talked about, then what's the hesitation in doing it? That it's inconvenient? That you don't like to be told what to do? Even if it is for the greater good, why
1: wouldn't you do it? Well, I actually, when we replayed Spencer Cox's interview, I thought he had an, an interesting point. By being so wildly wrong about masks in the first place, uh, there's some credibility lost there. Yeah, that but it's, it's,
2: it's, it's obvious now. I mean, this has been, we, we know much more about this thing now than we did then. And it is, uh, I mean, you have to be fairly defiant or close-minded to suggest that it doesn't help because that's what all the experts are saying, that it does help. So why not do it? Why be so stubborn about it?
1: Okay, I, I agree with you, but people are saying, well, were you lying to me then or are you lying to me now?
2: I, I think we're past that that level of uh, uh, of, of doubt, aren't we?
1: Um, we're
2: seeing, we're seeing the results.
1: What do you mean by we? The, Are you talking country? about you and me or were you talking? Are we talking about other people out there talking about, I'm talking about human beings. Well, I don't think uh, we're all on one school of thought about anything, including this.
2: But uh, <laughs> OK, so if the doctors come out now and say, OK, and this is what they're saying, wear a mask. It's for the betterment of all. Okay, are you really going to rely on, I mean, is it stubbornness? Is it independence? Is it is it stupidity? Is it selfishness? What is it? You know, what's going on here? Why not subjugate your independence and just say, if I go out to the store, I'm going to wear a mask for the betterment of all. Let's ask To Siri. protect others. How about that? Didn't you? were you, know, you just asking Siri? Does she have I an just answer? Uh, it, it it just makes no sense to me. I mean, come on. It's, a, it's 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 e- it's something that can be done that will help mitigate this horrible situation.
1: How did uh, well, I think people have a problem with how you put it subjugating their independence. I think a lot of people that that matters too. whether, even if the, you, whether even we if, like it or even, not. If,
2: even if people are dying.
1: Well, apparently so, Gordon. I'm not not trying to defend anybody's opinion here, but I do have my eyeballs open and can see people's actions. I'm, I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm just telling you.
2: When I see someone who's out in public in a store without a mask, I think that person is selfish or stupid. And I don't like to judge people. But in a case like this, when so many people are vulnerable to it, you're either selfish or stupid.
1: OK, to, to
5: Jake's point, I bet we could ask for people that are against wearing a mask to call in and the phone
1: lines would bank. Right. With callers. And and they probably wouldn't be too wild about that opinion.
2: Well, they probably wouldn't. But uh, the two thirds.
1: But see, they don't see it as truth. That's the hard part.
2: What, what do they see it as, Jake? I don't I mean, know, really, Gordon, but e- even people even, don't even, all agree with okay, you. OK, so they were wrong at first, but they got it figured out. So now they're saying to do it i mean it's uh, if you were if you were, if your life depended on it and you had to guess one way or the other that it it does help or it doesn't help which way are you betting you're betting that yes, it helps.
1: Which was my initial instinct when this all happens, which makes me incredibly more frustrated with myself that I actually bought that a mask doesn't help in the first place.
2: But that's in the past now. Well, I mean, well, we're to a point I mean, now where we pretty well know that it, it, it is beneficial to society as a whole. Well. So, so I don't, I don't. It uh, just—I don't know—for the benefit of the people that not only are around me in a store, but the people who work at that store. You know, they're wearing masks, but that's
1: more for your benefit than it is for their own. All reasons. All reasons why I choose to wear one, no doubt.
5: I was going to say, I think the three of us are pro-mask because even though they were wrong, the experts being wrong back in March when they said masks won't do anything right now, and now they're telling us, no, you need to wear a mask. They were wrong then. They think they're right now. Regardless whether we trust them or not, it's not a big enough deal to to fight against, in my opinion. Just put the mask on in case it works. Yeah, why not? It, I agree. Even if it doesn't, you're wearing a mask. What, what harm does that do you? Right.
2: It's worth the inconvenience. It's worth the... The subjugation, whatever you want to refer to it <laughs> as, if it's going to help other people or prote- or potentially help other people from getting it, who then spread it to other people. I mean, just do it. Are they going to have to and wear le- masks? And, le- and, le- and let's beat this darn thing. Isn't that what the goal is? Are
5: they going to have in- to wear masks in Orlando? Do you guys know? I haven't seen specific laws, so to speak, down in the Orlando bubble about masks. I haven't either. I don't know. Seems like that might be something they're overlooking. If the experts today are saying you need to wear a mask and the NBA is not saying you need to wear a mask.
2: I thought I read somewhere something about masks in that. Uh, in I think that, the the coaches on the bench page thing,
5: whatever it was. The coaches on the bench, the second bench are to wear masks, but not mm. the coaches on the front bench. Yeah, but that's I'm, why I'm bringing that up is to point out it is a divisive topic, even though the three of us agree.
2: Well, but in the in at, at Orlando, they're in a bubble, man, where everyone's being tested every other day. You know, that's a different environment than going down to your local grocery.
1: Store. Wait a minute! The now Disney, you're- the
5: Disney employees aren't staying in that bubble and are not being tested
1: every day. But oh, wait a minute! Now you're coming around to that logic. I argued that with you all week last week. What? That you're testing oh, once a day so all well, of this uh, other just, stuff is just no, necessary i'll around? tell you you know what, what kind of,
2: I, I, that's one of the measures they're taking and there's a whole bunch of other ones they're taking as well and i think every measure you can take is good but uh, if you compare it to just being out in the in the normal environment within the, where there where everyone is not being tested where there aren't all these other restrictions in place then your likelihood of Sharing your virus is greatly
1: enhanced. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. We've got the not sports part coming up next.
2: I, I, I just, I I, 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 no one has been able to explain it to me where it makes sense not to wear a mask when you go out in public now, and and anybody who doesn't do that, I think, is is, is fits into that category. Mm-hmm. Selfish or stupid. And, if someone can explain that in some way that isn't one or the other, then, then I'd like to hear it. But <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I don't think I'm going to. Uh,
5: okay. all right. It is kind of weird, though, that you can't play doubles in ping pong, but you don't have to wear a mask while playing ping pong. That is, that is mm-hmm. a little weird that they yeah. go so extreme on one side, but then the thing that the experts are saying – definitely will help you from spreading the disease. They're not does, making you wear a mask. seems
2: strange. Maybe though. it's because those those individuals are in such close proximity already as a part of their practice, as a part of the, the things that they have to do in order to make the NBA work. Uh, they, they figure then... That, I don't know. Yeah, that, but, could I, be. I that could
1: if, be. But if you wipe your the ball on the jersey then look out. Well, that, sweat is, pretty, that,
2: that sweat is pretty contagious, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so uh, are you supposed to play defense without, you know, putting yourself at risk of that toxic sweat?
2: Well, there's there's probably some players who
1: won't. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Uh-huh. Not Sports Report next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Whoa!
1: Come ride the little train that is rolling down the tracks to the junction. Forget about your cares. It All is right. time to relax. This one goes out junction. to our friend. You Chasta trailer on a total request Tuesday. Small town songs here on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online Use LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
2: <laughs> Did he really request the theme song from Petticoat Junction? Yes.
5: Uh, pretty amazing. No better song for small town song day than Hooterville's own <laughs> Petticoat <laughs> Junction. <laughs>
1: Jordan's reference. What, what year was Petticoat Junction 2, wasn't it? 1903. The, it was like 1964. It was Something one like episode.
2: That. No, it was more than one episode. Oh, there's
5: the bathers in the water tower. Interesting.
1: <laughs> Hollywood goes to Hooterville. Man, you Chester trailer is a good listener. Well done. He is. Well done. That's pretty funny. All right. Where are we going today? All right. Well, we're not going to any particular place,
2: but I have in front of me a list of the most popular names. Uh, over the past hundred years. Okay. Let me give you the top. What do you want? Top 10. Is that all right? Top 10 what, for boys, well, males quick, and females.
1: What's the, the parameters? Top 10 in the U S in the world. What? I think this is, uh, in Utah. Uh,
2: it doesn't designate that. It just says uh, over the last hundred years. So, it Design well, doesn't so this, designate that. This, there's a this lot of Laverne's and Liddell's. It'll be no. This time. is this is the U.S. This okay. is the U.S. because uh, it's from Social Security. So uh, on the male side, uh, number ten, Charles. Okay. Number nine, Thomas. Number eight, Joseph. Number seven, Richard. Number six. David. Number 5 William, number 4 Michael, number 3 Robert, number 2 John and number 1 what do you think what number 1 is? Jake.
1: Jake? Nope. Why'd you say my name like that then? Cuz your real name. James. James is number 1. Not
2: exactly a lot of variance there, huh? People go with the uh, the, the, the traditional stuff. Um, 11, 12, and 13 are Christopher, Daniel, and Matthew, so it continues on. Well, not a surprise, yeah. though,
1: because it's over the last 100 years, right? I mean, yeah, I mean if, and it it does, were, if it were the last 20 years, it'd probably be different.
2: Right. And it does clarify that some of these names... Uh, Like James, for instance, it's number one overall, but one year I think it was like 19th or something. So it varies from year to year, but this is the collective. Women, uh, number 10 is Karen, a name that has taken a beating lately a little bit. Uh, Number
1: nine. New connotation to Karen, doesn't it? Yes. Number
2: nine, Sarah. Number eight, Jessica. Number seven, Susan. Number six surprised me a little bit, Barbara. Okay. Number five, Elizabeth. Number four, Linda. Number three, Jennifer. That's a classic, isn't it? Number two, Pat- Patricia. Patricia. Patty. Mm-hmm. And number one, what do you think number one is?
1: What do I think it is,
2: number one? Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah. No. Sarah was number nine. Megan. Nope. Mary
5: Gertrude, oh, that was my next guess
2: by a long shot, too. Nah. But it said one year Mary was listed at 127th on the list, so I mean, there really is a lot of variance, but uh, I'm not uh, too surprised. I don't see a whole lot of you know, uh, really, really creative stuff that you hear about these days. My wife's name uh, is number 13 on the list, Lisa. I'm trying to find Whitney on here. Um, Naz, sorry. not Naz is Didn't not it on up. here. Not no. I don't see Whitney on and here. And now what are the favorite long. numbers
5: of the last 10 years? What do you mean favorite numbers? I don't know. As long as we're talking about things that I don't care about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did he just really say that? <laughs> Austin, did he really say that? <laughs> Was that on the air?
1: <laughs> it was, was that, yeah. Did I hear that in my ears? Was that <laughs> over the air? <laughs> and then just the awkward silence afterwards. Uh, I thought it was funny. Where where was Gordon on that list? Not on here.
2: Ever? Not, Not even on, in the uh, top 50? I don't see it on here anywhere. Jacob, uh, even though you're James, uh, Jacob is 31 and I would give you Austin's, but who cares? <laughs> oh,
1: uh, feelings are getting hurt today. No, I got oh, no feelings. You've got no feelings? No. What's that like? That's liberating. Why would anybody possibly care about this? It's not liberating. <laughs> Isn't that what they say about like serial killers that they don't have feelings? Uh-huh. <laughs> psychopath yeah that's not a a good thing
2: (laughs) well it is when you categorize it you know into the category that who cares and the category that i care a lot that doesn't those are two separate entities (laughs) sarah s-a-r-a with no h on the end is number 78 on the women's list
1: bob dylan's first wife is named sarah with no h
2: Amber, number eighty nine. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna keep going. You know, Logan for men, ninety two. Randy, that's a good sports name. Ninety three. Let's see. Jane is number one hundred for women.
5: Jane, huh? Jane. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Bradley is number one hundred for men.
1: Neat. So. There you have it. What would you say is the uh, most common name of a friend of yours? Like do you have friends. There's
2: a lot of there's a lot of Michaels out there, isn't there?
1: Are there? mm Hmm. Yeah, you know, got a lot of friends who are named John. I'd say there's the, a lot of Johns the nice out thing, there, but that would have a different meaning altogether.
2: Well, I mean, <laughs> the nice thing about the name John is that you can, uh, you know yeah i like i like the nickname jack i think that's that's cool so you can go with that i read somewhere that um well the 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 sexiest name was uh for a a woman is jennifer and for a guy it's charlie i think it was don't ask me why i have no i have no idea Anyway, okay. names. Well, this has been a real downer. So
1: actually, no, this no is no one. Died. This has been much more uplifting than a lot of the not sports reports, actually. What is
5: there a <laughs> list of the, the favorite pet names?
1: Snuggles. Lisa's
2: pet name for me is Bowler. Bowler's coming up next. Nice. Hold on. I'm checking for pet names real quick. Just, uh, <laughs> Stay uh, tuned.
1: Bowler joins wait, us wait, next. Wait, wait,
2: wait. This is useful. <laughs> I have, uh, pet names. Let's see. Uh, uh, let's see what we got here. Top twelve hundred pet <laughs> names <laughs> I like uh, i look i I've said it before, and I will stay with it. I love dog dogs with with human names <laughs> I always thought that was that was a cool thing, you know uh as we go to break uh, um twelve hundred names for cats and dogs number one Abby, number two Abby spelled differently. Number three, an Abby. Number four, Abel. This is uh, this is uh, alphabetically listed. Uh, are you going to fade to black while I do this? AJ is number twelve. Hello, you there? Are you talking to me? <laughs> I thought I thought Austin was going to hang up the phone on me.
1: Bowlers, come up next.
2: How about baby doll?
1: Ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty yeah. in the zone.
2: Bigfoot. I like names that have a formal form and an informal form. Robert, Bob, or Rob. Whatever. I like
1: it that way. I like
2: John. I like Jack. I like uh, Henry. I like Hank. I like Sarah Sally. Where does the name Bud come from? Is Hal from Harold?